0: good morning faith fellowship good morning good to uh see you all this morning um okay it's um let me pray and uh yeah and then we'll get started Heavenly father lord thank you so much just for today and everything that you're doing lord it's uh wonderful outside and uh lord my wife is back and so i'm just thrilled to death over that and so lord um But, Lord, she needs some rest. And, Lord, like we said, we just have these health issues that are going on and people just dealing with different things. Lord, would you just be with us as we faithfully consider the work you have in front of us, Lord, and then our bodies fail us. And so, Lord, because you are the architect of these bodies, Lord, would you just restore us to health so that we can continue the work that you have uh, for us to do. Lord, be with me just as I just dive into this and break it down and mention all the things. And I just pray that the Holy spirit would just set me aside. Uh, I don't have to say anything, the Holy spirit, Lord, I just pray and ask that it would do all of the preaching this morning, not only for me, but for my other brothers that are standing in the pulpit this morning. And so Lord, we just pray that your word would go out, that the body would be encouraged by it. Uh, they would just consider, uh, what it is of their next steps. And, uh, Lord, just help us to faithfully do that and move forward. And so, Lord, thank you for your loving heart to just constantly draw us near to you, constantly move us forward, even despite ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so if you have your Bible be turning to Acts chapter 14, this is going to be part two of goodness, um, good enough, excuse me, to greatness. And we're still trying to just really in a very simplistic way view this like how do I move into this space you know one of the things that again that we talked about last week was just the idea that we tend to look at Paul's feet like he's above us like in a place that only really Jesus Christ should hold because of the great things that he's accomplished but I'm, I'm here to tell you he is just a human being very much just like us And there there are just some decisions that this guy made. And I think that we are living in a day and age that very much requires us to do the same thing. If we are going to see any kind of revival, not only just in our lives, but just in those individuals around us, we have to be about the Lord's business. We have to. And so we don't need to look at Paul as a character of the Bible. He is a man that lived and breathed and made mistakes and followed hard after the Lord. And there is fruit. You're sitting here. You're listening on Zoom. It's a byproduct of that fruit. That is incredible. And so there is fruit to be had. And what we ought to be is harvesters in a a sense that we're just ready to gather fruit. We got our our baskets ready, and we're ready to get whatever fruit the Lord has for us. I pray that that is your heart this morning. And so here it is. We're going to look at now 6 through 18. Yes, there is some overlap just really because we need to get the context of what it is that we're looking at. Remember, now we are saying that when we started last week, it came to pass in Iconium. That's where they are now. And so, well, actually not now, but they have moved on from there to uh, Lystra and uh, Derby. And so that's where they started. And we're just seeing a pattern. of It's up and down. They preach the gospel. They get persecution. They preach the gospel. They get persecution. It's just this up and down thing. And that up and down for us sometimes is the thing that makes us go, I'm out. I want it all up. And if I don't have it all up, I will settle for it being all down you have to understand that like that's your choice. You're making that choice when it's all down. If you have called on the name of Jesus Christ and you have put your trust in him, believed on his name, you absolutely will be miserable unless you are about his business. I'm just here to tell you, that's the secret to this. And so the up and down still is taking place, but now we've kind of entered into a new space. Remember I said just the thing in terms of getting your doctrinal boots on, you have to understand that Acts is a transition book. It's kind of in two halves, but those halves are like this. They kind of are blurry, right? And so this is still that blurry stage. Initially, what was happening is, is that the disciples very much wanted to see the establishment of the kingdom of heaven, which would be the physical kingdom where Jesus will sit on the throne in Jerusalem. But he's also mentioning that the spirit of God and this kingdom of God. And so what you start to see very slowly is as the Jews are denying that he is Messiah, man, there's a transition where the Gentiles are hearing this gospel and believing on it. And so we get to a point where essentially the disciples go, We can't ignore the fact that the Gentiles are responding to this gospel. That leads them to a spot where now Paul and Barnabas, the Holy Spirit says, hey, send these guys out for the work I've called them to. And that's what we pretty much see. And so now we're in this stage where we're just seeing these things. The oddities that you will see will be sometimes you'll see miraculous things happen. Like in this chapter, we're not going to get there per se. Well, we will a little bit. But if there is a more miraculous event that takes place with Paul specifically, you are gonna see somebody healed. But even as we see those things, just get your footing that you still understand that those are transitional. I would, I would really ask you to listen to Van did, uh, when I went out Wednesday to Lee Summit um, for our Tampa meeting, because part this year the uh, part of the team is coming from Lee Summit. The other part of the team is coming from MBT. So, Van is leading the, the Lee Summit side, and I'm leading the MBT side. And so, we had a combined meeting just to basically ask for their money and uh, <laughs> to let them know what's going on, right? But, Van taught, and Van was teaching on uh, transitional gifts. Listen to it. It is super concise, really, really well thought out argument uh, against, you know, continuation and cessation and just, and if you don't understand, I'm just, I'm telling you, listen to it. It's very good. Okay. So with that, we have some things that we kind of need to look at. And, uh, one of the things are just last week, our, we said our key verse, cause I want you to just lock this in your mind in order for us to truly go and get whatever it is that the Lord has in front of us. We got to do it with our eyes open, y'all eyes open. Okay, here's eyes open. Acts 14, 21, key verse for the whole chapter. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. That is eyes wide open. This will not be easy. No way, no how. And as the days draw to a close when the Lord will get us out of here, praise the Lord, of which we are very much looking forward to, things will, in a sense, be getting worse. And you just kind of see the heart of people, even in the Midwest, it's losing its kind of Judeo moral Christian value and just kind of adopting what the coast have always said is like, there's no God, get out of here, right? That's foolishness. And we're starting to see that really just enter whether it's our schools, through our, our TVs. I mean, just there's just a boldness to anti-God and anti-anything that's going to be submit yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. Much tribulation that we will have to face. Our key points last week, I don't, I'm not sure. Let me see if I, no, I didn't. Okay, just stay there for a second. Our key points last week were these if we're going to transition from good enough to greatness is don't take the body of Christ for granted. That is it's super easy that you see them going into those synagogues together, but this is not the one man show. There are a group of individuals that are there together, but it's specifically, it's saying, letting you know that Paul and Barnabas are on the same page about this and they're going forward. And remember the thing that I want you to just consider in terms of where you are in life. Man, you should be going through this life with somebody. Okay, so yes, you may be married. And of course, your spouse is a part of that. You have children. That's a part of that. But you also should have a Paul or Timothy. So who is that person that's investing in you? Who is that person that you are investing in? It may be as many people, but you got to have that. You really don't function well without it. See, it's good for me to have somebody that can pour into me that when I start thinking crazy, they can call me on it. You need that. And it's like, I, I remember I gave you just an example of when you're on missions trips or just even in ministry, the little sidebar conversations that happen with the brothers and sisters in Christ, man, that is sweet dialogue. You're encouraged by that. Man, you get to hear their heart on a matter. You get to pray with each Can you imagine what Paul and Barnabas' dialogue was like facing the things that they are facing, seeing the things that they're seeing? Sweet. You should cherish that. The Bible does. The other thing we said last week was be faithful no matter what. You know, ultimately, the thing is this. Paul and Barnabas understand the call on their life. And no matter what it was going to take, man, they were going to be about it. If the Lord said, walk through that wall, they're going to do it. I mean, that's just, are you that decided about the things that the Lord has in front of you? Remember the question on the floor last week was, what is the thing that will stop you from moving forward? And remember, we said moving forward could be a lot of things. It could be Sunday uh, church time, Tuesday, discipleship, Bible study, LFBI, foundations two and three. Any of those, any of those things could be a thing where you like, well, this other thing is in in my way. So I'm, I'm out. Be faithful, no matter what. Again, the Lord is to you. If he was as fickle as we are, oh my God, (laughs) we would be in trouble. Proclaim the testimony of Jesus, preach the gospel. I love just hearing from Sarah and I, she is probably beat red just because I said her name in in service, but I just love that. What is her heart? She's going to be in the car with her parent. I know the situation. She kind of led into it a little bit, but that's not an easy situation. Be in the car the whole time. We could talk about simple stuff to make them feel good, or we can talk about God's truth. So she's asking us to hold her up in prayer. Guys, we ha- listen, let's not fail her. Let's not fail her in that. Proclaim the testimony of Jesus. Preach the gospel. If you're not doing that, again, you will be miserable. Because that is just, when you say it, it reminds you of what happened for you. The last thing that we looked at last week was listen for the Holy Spirit's leading. And we saw that really in verse six, where it says they were aware of it and fled unto Lystra and Derby. Listen, at this point, the Holy Spirit is very much leading these individuals and saying, hey, uh, you need to get out of here. Now, later on, <laughs> we're like, man, what happened? Oh, you don't take it. And I think it's for a point, And we'll kind of mention that when we get to it. But it's interesting Listen to the Holy Spirit. Do you know how to do that? It's going to come from the word of God. It's not going to be from mysticism. You're not going to see the Lord in your Cheerios. I'm just telling you. Okay, stop looking for Jesus in the clouds and, and that kind of way. Like it kind of has the shape. And this must mean, stop, that's crazy witchcraft mysticism. You have a word of God. What does it say? You have good teaching that comes on Sundays. present company excluded. But of all the rest of the pastors that are here, man, you are getting good teaching Sunday, Tuesday, discipleship time, foundations two and three, LFBI, all of the Bible study, all of those things, which is, again, why you don't want to cut yourself out from being a part. Okay, so that was where we were last week. This is how we are just taking baby steps, y'all. I'm not trying to get you to make quantum leaps. The thing that I, that I really in this class that I want to lead you to is that we just take baby steps. I don't care what you did in the past. I don't want you to live in the shame of that. You ask the Lord to forgive you and you move forward. That's how we do. If you have trouble, you need prayer, you reach out. Utilize the resources that we have in this class. We will do this together because I love you, right? Right? And the other leaders in this class of the many faces that I see, man, they love you too. So call them, stop getting beat up by yourself, not talking to anybody. Okay, let me get off that soapbox. I have different soapboxes this morning. (laughs) Okay, let's read the text. So we're gonna be from six to 18, try to navigate this space here. It says, they were aware of it, this threat, that is starting to come, that's growing. And they fled into Leicester and Derby cities of Lyconia and unto the region that lieth round about. That region honestly would be Galatia, as you understand. That kind of is the whole area. Now I do have, I think I put it in the, because your heads will be down, but this is kind of, which is funny. They always say Leicester and Derby, like these cities are close. They are not twin cities, they're like 75 miles apart. but they always do mention them together, but just so you kind of get an idea of what you can see there. Okay. Now let's go back just in case some of you didn't have your Bible. You can read with us. Okay. So now, um, verse seven and what happened when they got there and they preached the gospel this, as we would understand is probably where the families for Timothy start hearing the gospel. Because by the time that we hear about Timothy in 16, he's already a disciple. You see what I'm saying? So like this work, they had to flee somewhere. They go and preach the gospel where they have to flee. There's fruit from that. It's incredible. That's a whole nother sermon all in itself. But let's stay focused. Verse 8, and there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. Very important. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be held, said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices saying, in the speech of Laconia, the gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. And they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Jupiter which was before uh, their city, brought oxen and garlands into the gates and would have done sacrifice with the people, which when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people, crying out and saying, sirs, why do you these things? We also are men of like passions with you and preach unto you that you should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness, in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And check it out. Don't miss this. And with these sayings, scarce restrained they the people that they had not done sacrifice unto them. And so, this is what we're going to be looking at. You can see what's happening here. They're in Lystra and Derby. They have preached the gospel. There is an impotent man that they see here. And there's very interesting this the perception that takes place just between eyes. This man knows. His body language says everything. If you just say that I'm ready. Boy, don't don't miss that. That though, that great kind of experience turns into confusion. See, this is the thing kind of just in terms of transition and why like a lot of people like to go on this whole idea like the experience is better than the word of God. He given the word of God, then he does this thing that causes the confusion. Then he has to explain it again with the word. You see what I'm saying? It just, this is why it's a transition. The Lord is like, we're done with this. We're going to the word because that's solid. It's perfect. And so with that, there's an opportunity for them to, again, even with these individuals, kind of uh, get their head just in a better place. And so Obviously, I just think just write these down. I, I, they're they're a part of my study notes, and so I just made this for myself. I didn't make a a, a slide for you here. This is just something I wasn't even going to share, but I, I kind of do. Uh, so, like, there's some warnings here. There's like a doctrinal warning, which is our power versus God's power. And if you look at Second Corinthians four five through seven. It says this, to the point that the gospel was preached, and to, again, that even the explanation of what God had done, it needed to be that there's a testimony of the Lord that goes out, not our testimony. And so listen, it says this in 2 Corinthians 4, 5, for we preach not ourselves. See, now let me just pause right here for a second. Had Part, uh, Paul and, uh, and Barnabas, man, I just mixed their names again. Barnabas. <laughs> had those individuals had accepted this being called Jupiter, which as we would know from Greek mythology, uh, Zeus, and then the other would be Hermes. Uh, those individuals, had they have just went with that. I mean, that's, you know, that's a good title. You just got called the father God, Zeus. But these guys know better because they're like, he's not real. These are figment of your imagination. Don't call me that. That's disrespectful to the name I carry. Look at what it says, four or five, for we preach not ourselves but who, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I love that. It's like a light that shines back back in His face. And then it says, verse seven, super critical, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Why? That the excellency uh, of the power may be of God and not of us. Listen, you're just a vessel. And when I say just, I mean that with all the respect I can possibly give just. Because there was a time that you weren't a vessel. You were one of dishonor, but now you're one to honor. And there has to be that those guys stay the course. They can't get sidetracked by the praise of men and all of a sudden accept that as if that's good enough. No, they know the task at hand. So you have to understand that there's a warning against that. It may seem like that is very easy for them to overcome, and normally that would be the case. But I'm telling you, the praise of men sometimes rings in your ears very well, especially if you came up never, ever feeling validated by anybody that was important in your life. You will fight very hard to get that validation from somebody. But let me tell you, if you have put your trust in Jesus Christ, you have been validated by him. And there's not a validation greater than that. This is why I can easily let my lips proclaim of his glory and not my own. The Bible is warning us. The Bible is also warning us of something else, of those things that are seen versus those things that are unseen. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, you know it is the definition of faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I love this. As a reminder, let me just put you in remembrance as we Get ready to launch into the Hall of Fame of those who were faithful. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that through the words were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. That's why it's super critical that you understand the brackets of of eight to or six to eighteen are the gospel, not this thing where he tells this guy to stand up. I'm not poo-pooing that like that's a bad thing. Praise the Lord that he helped this guy that never walked. Do you get that? Never had strength, never. And the Lord said, today's your day, you will walk. Not only did he stand guys, then he leapt. (laughs) How does he even know how to do that? Those of us that can have an accident so traumatic that you have uh, temporary paralysis, you have to learn to walk. This cat has only ever watched people walk. That's huge. And the Lord says, yeah, nah, my word is better. That's incredible to me. Second Peter, you know where I was, you knew I was going here. (laughs) Chapter one, 19 through 21. We, also, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, wherein to you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. The insufficient, man, there's just, listen, it says this, knowing this verse, I love this. Just settle your heart with this, man, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So you have these two doctrinal things that this particular chapter is just dealing with that you can't miss. And so that then leads us, we had that, we said that, to these key points. There's just three of them. in order for us to move from good good enough lord i'm this is good enough i got enough work i'm i'm at church i at least come sunday i make it at least one tuesday a month i if heard about bible study i'm you know in lfbi I'm, you know you just made your list of whatever it's kind of like connect 4 you're just trying to figure out the right order combination the lord is Never made that tray solid. It just keeps falling to the ground every time. Every time you just put chips in, they just fall out. (laughs) You know, if you're not old enough to have played that, you missed out. Now, who sunk my battleship? Not so great, but (laughs) that game. Yeah, no, we'll talk about that later. (laughs) All right. So listen, stand upright, turn from dot, 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 dot. What is it? what is it? In order for you to move from good enough to greatness, there's something you got to turn away from. And then the last one that we see here is do the hard work. You may have missed it. That's really in in 18. And so here it is. Let's let's dive into it just to make these breakdowns. In verse 8, and there sat a man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. It's interesting to me that uh, essentially it wants you to know that he never had walked. And really, I kind of have even made a note to myself like, this is there's a comparison really between not having strength and being powerless to being strong and powerful, and to the point that really that only came from the Lord, right? And so there's just this amazing kind of thing that is taking place there. But I want you to understand, like, this is also a place that is mentioned for Paul as a place where uh, it was tough. In 2 Timothy 3 10 through 12, it says, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, man of life, purpose, faith, long suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at, at Antioch, at Iconium, at, oh, wait a minute, at Lystra. Wait a minute, we got this guy here that you just, you told him to walk it's all good. No, we got trouble here. That's notable. I'm mentioning the trouble that I had here. And the reason I'm mentioning this to you is for you to understand something. Just because even after this message or last week or even the messages to come, just when you make a choice to move forward doesn't mean trouble will not be waiting for you. You have to understand that the enemy very much wants to stop whatever you're doing. He really wants you to just stay stuck because then you're ineffective in furthering the kingdom. Ineffective. It's like you have this benefit, this power, but when you are ineffective in it, man, nobody sees it. And you yourself even lose sight of it. It's the thing that keeps me coming back, being in the word, being in this pulpit, answering the calls, answering the emails, because I understand what God is doing with me. And I don't have nothing figured out. So I got to continue until at the end. This is a place. Not only of something great that takes place, but a place that Paul mentions as a place where persecution and affliction took place in. Maybe that's the only thing you see right now in your circumstances, is the persecution, the affliction. Has God done something great here? Let me finish reading that because it ends encouraging in verse 12. And now wait, no, verse 11, he starts to just ramp up. It's like, I'm telling you what happened. Persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured. Praise the Lord, man. Thank you. But out of them all, the Lord delivered me. (sighs) Guys, listen, why do we mope and walk around as if the Lord has done nothing for us? Mm -hmm nothing. We are saved. We are married. We have children. We have work. Some of us have our health, and if not, you can remember a time when you did. It could have just been earlier this week, and then now that may be failing you, but you can remember a time you had it. Do you think that you gave yourself any of that? You did not. You got discipled. You discipled Somebody. The Lord has given you that. But out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We got to get tougher. It is just necessary for us to understand that there's, there's, man, there's nothing but hard work facing us. And we gotta get tough. It's like, it reminds me in Ironwork when I first begged those guys to consider me because I had a wife, I had a mortgage and I, and I did not have enough money. And I'm sitting in their office and I'm dressed too nice. I have no idea what I'm getting myself into. And those guys look at me and they're like, well, we don't have any work right now. Okay, sir, listen, can I call you until you do? Yes. (laughs) So I do. They make the call, I come in and he asks me, let me see your hands. (laughs) Smooth. He was like, that's gonna change. And guys, boy, was he not kidding. It changed within a month and I get out there and I'm working on that mental hospital. Actually, it was the first project I worked on on 22nd, I think in, uh, you can see it off of 71. That metal roof, all of that. Didn't know what I was doing. It's hot, the sun's reflecting and I'm thinking to myself, Lord, what have I gotten myself into? Just like you feel right now. Lord, what have I gotten myself into? I I wanted to say, yeah, but uh, this is nuts. (laughs) what's happening, why is everything in my life turned upside down, I signed up for discipleship and now we just broke up, what happened, absolutely, and I stuck with it, and the comforter was serene at the time, (laughs) she said, babe, you come home, you are all different shades of green and brown, and I'm like, yeah, because sometimes I was going to throw up on that roof, it's so hot, But you know what? Her hungry belly and that mortgage said, see you tomorrow at work. So what's the motivator for you? For me, it was I wanted to make sure to take care of my wife. And I had to tough it out in an environment where the first time I'd worked outside was just cutting the grass. That's not the same as iron work. let me just tell you. Nothing close. What's the motivator? Do you actually think about standing in front of the Lord and having him hear or having him say to you, well done? Guys, it is real. And you want to do the things that will make for you being able to hear that. It's interesting, this stand here that is mentioned is 111 times. And 35 of those times, it is talking about resurrection. Isn't that interesting? There's a verse I may not have in your notes. Write this down. Ephesians 4, uh, excuse me, 5, 14 through 16 says this. Whereforth he, he saith, awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. And then it tells you something else. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. He said that then. Do you think they've got they they've improved? They have not improved. See, the Lord is saying, wake up, get dressed in the armor that I gave you, and get to work in the mission that I gave you. Armed with the weapons that I gave you. Walk circumspectly. Don't go around in life as if you don't know that it's coming. Christians should be the least surprised people, but we sometimes are the most surprised. I can't believe I'm having a hard time. Of course you are. (laughs) Of course you are. Man, listen, the days are evil. There's not a friend except the church, except the Holy Spirit, except the Lord, except the word. Man, I just mentioned, you got them friends. You don't, what enemies do you have? Stand upright. Wake up. Rise up. The Lord saw that your state was as if you were dead, as if you had never walked. And now the Lord is giving you the strength to run marathons. Remember, this life, As far as I can see, it is basically just a marathon of hurdles. And so generally marathoners don't run hurdles, but we do. This life is a marathon of hurdles. Man, can you praise the Lord even just this morning that he's giving you the strength and power to to leap over these things that trouble you? Man, pay attention to what you see, you're seeing happening in this text. I just want to also mention as well that his feet were a problem, but not necessarily because he had done something wrong. It's just how it was. James talked about that weeks ago, where, you know, just in terms of the persecution you're going to have. And sometimes it's just those are the cards you got dealt. Because here's the deal the Lord wants to see how you're going to respond. Your response is super critical. You have an opportunity to respond in faith. I'm just, I'm begging you, do it. Do it. Verse nine, the same heard Paul speak. He heard that gospel message that was taught earlier. And listen, who steadfastly beholding him, this is Paul, and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. I mean, this guy, is, he can see it in him. Is your faith visible? Do people know it? We got to be honest with ourselves. Perhaps we have grown to become ashamed of the gospel that has saved us, which is why nobody knows we have faith. That's hard. You might you might say, Dale, I was going to give you a, a Christmas card, but you are off the list. Listen, I got to tell you the truth. You got to do this self-examination. That's what this is all about. We're in this together, right? There's no condemnation on my part because perhaps there have just been times. I know there's been times where I've been ashamed of the gospel, where I just haven't said it. The Lord's given me an arm ramp and you just don't take it because you were worried about how you're going to say it, what you're going to do in the moment, instead of just even fumbling around with it and just get it out, just listen to them. Instead of having a script programmed in your mind, just listen to them. Let your response be based off of that you're having conversation, right? Man, what does the Lord perceive in us? You know, it's interesting there, too. It says in that perceiving that he had faith to be healed. Man, this guy, was he's getting saved here. <laughs> this faith is like, uh, this Jesus not only is good enough to heal my legs, but I'm, i am we're going forward. Whatever he's got me to do, I'm doing it. I love, like, we don't even hear this cat mentioned anymore. <laughs> it's like he just walked out of the area. All right, y'all. See y'all in that uh, Jupiter stuff. Was, no, I'm not doing that man, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, and so we saw that, that saying with a loud voice, stand up right on thy feet, and he leapt, and he walked, man, I, I just wonder, you remember when you first got saved, that zeal that you had, that was almost reckless, You just, everybody that knew you knew the gospel was coming out of your mouth. Well, you was just so excited to be a part of whatever. Man, what happened to that person? Where's that person at? It's a shame for us to be told to stand up and then you just sit back down. I've done it. Guilty. Not saying anything to you that I haven't done. But this tells me I got to do different very much. In verse 11, here's where the ridiculousness (laughs) starts. I even made myself with this shaking head emoji or head and hand emoji. I put it right there just because here it is, this cool thing. The Lord's power is on display. And then verse 11, and when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices saying in the speech of Lyconia, the gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. And they called Barnabas Jupiter, Paul Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Jupiter, which was before the city, brought oxen and garlands into the gates and would have done sacrifice with the people. Verse 14. Which when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people crying out. And so here it is. This is our spot. Because what they're about to tell them is we got something that we have to turn from. And so, oh, no, it's the back one. Yeah, this one right here. So just pause right here for a minute. Let's go back through these verses just so we can get out. There's something about that. Remember, I mentioned to you of Jupiter. Now, this is is how disrespectful this is. You got to look at it and listen to it and really in the context of what Paul and Barnabas actually represent, but to be called Jupiter, which obviously is a false god which in Greek mythology, they just transferred that. So now this is Roman mythology to be called Jupiter. Really, it's Zeus. And uh, we know him as uh, the Father God. And so how ridiculous this is, right? But Mercurius, this one is even more disrespectful. Of Mercurius, who is Hermes, This is what it says on, I don't know, it's like mythology.com or something silly, simple like that. But it says this, this is the Roman transfer of the Greek God Hermes, Mercurius, the herald of the gods. Now, any of you comic book nerds know that Galactus has heralds, (laughs) Silver Surfer is his herald. And so basically when you are herald of Galactus, you do his bidding, right? Okay. So there's some things that are like creepily similar to Jesus Christ, but continue. Listen now. Disrespect. This god Hermes is a herald of the gods. In Greek mythology, Zeus is the father of the clever messenger. Clever, I'll see. We Nope. (laughs) He welcomed his son despite the fact that he was a mischievous thief to Mount Olympus and appointed him as his herald to keep him occupied and to take advantage of his speed. Hermes thus left behind his propensity for telling lies, and instead, carried the words of his father across the world as the messenger of the gods. He was permitted to travel anywhere, including the underworld. Boy, you see how the world perverse. <laughs> I mean, there's these things, these, I mean, it's just a perversion of Jesus Christ in every possible way. And this is what Paul got called. No wonder uh, he, he's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, wait a minute, time out. Like, do not call me that. This is that thing, that utter disrespect, but I want you to just pay attention to it in the simplest form, this idol worship of something else that now the Lord is giving opportunity to say, hey, turn away from that. That's foolishness. And in 14, these guys go up and they rent their clothes. And in 15, it says, and saying, sirs, why do you these things? Why also are men of like passions with you and preach unto you that you should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein. And this is the thing that I wanted you to see. This is how we could just categorize this. When you had that life prior to the life you now have in Christ is this, whose end is, is destruction. That's all that was going to bring you. Whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who mine earthly things. listen. The things that you are being told, not asked, (laughs) told to turn away from, they only mean you harm. So why revisit them as if they are old friends? They're not. It will only lead to your destruction. How good did you feel before Jesus Christ, just constantly doing whatever it was that you wanted to do? It was terrible. But what's more terrible is that now we carry the name of Christ and we try to mix the two. Like I'm going to still try to hold on to the old man and the new man at the same time. No wonder I'm miserable. Listen, circumstances don't dictate to me which one I choose. I made my choice when I saw what the cross really was. That's another opportunity. If the Bible is laying this out for us as destruction and shame, we should still see it the same way. So again, my question on the floor is, what thing is the Lord saying, turn away from that? This is why your time, whether it is here or any other church you've been a part of. And God forbid, let me just speak to that. Church hopping, there's a common denominator. It's you, not the church. It's you. So now that you are in here <gasps> and I can tell you I love you all day long and try to encourage you, but now you've got to decide what will your end be if you hold so near and dear onto those things as if you can't let them go. That's just how I am. That is a lie from the pit of hell. The Bible says you are a new creature. Stop saying that. Stop responding in a way that only makes your flesh feel good. Respond in a way that the Lord will be pleased with. You don't have to win because you've already won. I don't have to defend myself. The Lord is gonna do that for me. Man, take the fault take the blame. That's what the Lord did. I love that the Bible is very clear. It says, there's no guile in his mouth. At what point were they right in their accusations against him? Not at all. So it's it's upon that principle that the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. We are not incapable of letting humility drape over us like a cloak, a protection. Man, I love that, man, this guy, instead of them just cursing them to hell or what, like that he just opened his heart up to them and just, man, sirs, why do you these things? We also are men of like passions with you and preach unto you that you should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And so here it is, this leads us to our next point, do the hard work, do the hard work. Because in verse 18, you might miss it, but that's what scarce means. And when these things, excuse me, when these sayings scarce restrained they the people that they had not done sacrifice unto them, that scarce means with difficulty, not easily. See, I don't wanna try to sell you some uh, timeshare, That's like, this is all good. Uh, Nope, it's not. It's expensive. It's costly. And there is sacrifice only waiting for you. So why don't you just lay down on the altar? It's nice and warm, ready for you. Just lay down. It's okay. It's all right. Man, get these verses. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not be weary and well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Listen, there is something to reap if you don't do this. You get that right. There's an implied reaping. You're going to reap either way. So you get to choose how you reap. If you're tired of good enough, that's what you've reaped. It was just good enough. Your faith is just good enough. You're going to get to heaven. You won't smell like cigarette smoke when you get up there. But here's the thing like um, what if the Lord, I mean I don't even know. sometimes me and uh, some disciples sometimes will just nerd out like, what if the Lord gives you a planet to run? Because there's so many in the solar system. What are we doing with them? <laughs> right Like they're just out there. Maybe they'll be habited. Maybe I get to have one. That would be great. Man. I don't, I don't even know how good that would be, right? But just the idea of whatever work it is that the Lord says, well done, and then here's the work you get to do forever. I can't wait. Because then I'm not trying to do it in this stupid body that is tired and hungry and mad and frustrated, sensitive, whatever, you know. I want to reap what the, thing, the things that the Lord has for me. This is something else, too, that's kind of interesting. And uh, oh, I didn't. Oh, this one uh get right down here. I don't think I maybe got this one in there. It's first Peter 2 15. It says this for so is the will of God that with well doing you might put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. (laughs) With well doing you might put to silence. Man, oftentimes we want to stop listening to the crowds. They're always trying to tell us what to feel and what to think and what to do. You know what you do? You continue in the Lord's work. That's how you shut people up. People have a thought about you. You shut them up with the gospel. Man, you love them through it. You keep inviting them. They don't know what they're doing. That's why God put you in their life. To tell them, give them a way out. I love how it ended. That they had not done sacrifice unto them. It's a great day. It's also a day that he will remember as persecution and affliction. There's victory here in this passage, guys. You got to fight for that, but you got to understand there will be trouble and there's more trouble coming. It will be hard if we do it together, man, then you can encourage me and I can encourage you. Don't quit. Don't flee and run away. Don't hide. Stay out in the light with the rest of us. And let's see what it is that God has for us. Let's pray. And as we're praying, let's just close with this thought. Stand upright, Turn from whatever it is that God has in front of you and then do the hard work that's in front of you. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we just consider your word this morning, and we just consider that there are some choices that we have to make, Lord, essentially every week, as we just kind of look at this topic. We want to move from good enough to greatness. Lord, there are these choices that we have to make. But would you help us to do them? What can we do them in your power, by your spirit, by your word? Let us be encouraged. Let us totally be encouraged and directed by what your word says. And that we would then, in just in a, a position of belief in our heart, just believe that you are true, you are righteous, and the things that you say to do will work out. Father, I just pray that that is absolutely the position of our heart as we just consider this. Lord, help to move us forward. Lord, we can't move anything in our own power. Lord, we are just as that impotent man, We've never walked until you said to walk. And so, Father, thank you for that. Lord, I pray that we will continue walking with you. Be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.